Hello, this podcast is brought to you by Airs on Air, global mobility inspired thinking. The topic of this episode is Poland immigration. Our host is Airs immigration specialist Tamazine Griffiths. I'm Sheila McKell. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Airs on Air. So, Mikhail, thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a big pleasure. And thanks for your um, kind invitation. Not at all. Not at all. So for those of you who aren't aware of you, if you could just um, give us your full name. I don't want to attempt that and get that wrong. And a little bit of um, information about your company, and then we can move from there. Yeah, my name is Michał Kastrzyk. I work for uh, Raczkowski, which is a leading HR firm in both in Poland and in the Central Eastern Europe. So we uh, do work for our clients in every case that relates to HR, including global mobility and um, immigration. And uh, I have a pleasure to uh, be a head of global mobility uh, team at the firm. Terrific. Terrific. So as our immigration partner in Poland, obviously recently we've been working with you on a significant amount of cases, and that's mainly due to the war that's taking place in Ukraine. So I'd like to talk to you about that and the group move that we've been working on together, along with the rest of our team. Firstly, though, I'd like you to tell me about how your work as a lawyer has changed now to meet the needs of being created as a result of what's been happening on the political side. Yeah, this is actually very, uh, very interesting and, uh, and challenging question because normally, um, well, lawyers or people who provide the support, um, they try to omit uh, topics related to um, politics. But in this case, it's unfortunately impossible because the politics and uh, the, the political situation are um, affecting you know, our work in all the aspects and uh, it's clearly visible, especially these days, uh, when we have ongoing uh, conflict that is actually a war, um, which is Europe's first major war in uh, decades, probably since the Balkans conflict in the uh, uh, 90s. Mm, and uh, must say that the war has uh, unleashed a devastating humanitarian toll and uh, claimed, unfortunately, claimed thousands of lives up until now. Um, it started on February 24th and uh, since then, which is also very important for our work, prompted more than 10 million people to flee Ukraine. And I must say this is almost um, 25 of the entire population and this number is, is still growing. Um, we know already that the conflict will not end up soon as uh, Ukrainians are fighting for um, two most important aspects for each, uh, for every modern society, which is, which is dignity and the right for um, self-determination. And, uh, you know, it's hard to believe that they will easily give up on this. And, um, and it takes us now um, to my work as a lawyer, 
that has now very different uh, uh, dimensions, I would say, because first we work with the clients, the big corporations, and this is something that hasn't changed. Uh, but we are also privileged to work with the employees, and one has to realize that there is not only one client, but sometimes even hundreds of different stories behind, you know, motivations to move or to change the country um, of residents. Um, so our work these days is more than ever before about, you know, this, this personal, uh, personal touch. Mm. Um, I remember that in the very first days of the war, my clients in Poland were often asking how to deal with all these, you know, challenges that the war brings because they were not ready, I said. No worries because nobody's ready for that. Nobody could ever expect that the war will start. And uh, I advise that if possible, bring psychologists on the board as there are many Ukrainians uh, working before, even before in Poland. Um, and maybe they're not always personally affected as the war goes. They started receiving terrible news about their you know, relatives and the families. So, um, psychological support, support besides uh, humanitarian aid was something very much in need, especially, uh, especially in the beginning of the war. So I just, just wanted to, uh, to share these this thoughts with you that it's legal work, it's not purely legal and longer, but also it's more about you know, this, this personal touch and, uh, and having in mind that there are actually very different aspects of the problems. It actually sounds like you're adapting, like all the time, everything you've said is that you're having to adapt your skill set into a completely different new type of, of requirement now that's just come up out of nowhere. And 10 million people is enormous. And when we were talking previously, you mentioned something that just hadn't occurred to me at all, which is just silly because it should do. We were speaking about the infrastructure within Poland and you immediately mentioned the need for childcare centers. And it just hadn't occurred to me that those mothers who are seeking refuge, who are going into Poland, who have that urgency in terms of their personal situation would obviously then need to work. They'd need to be part of the workplace. Therefore, if they're coming over, they have their children. A lot of the men were staying behind to fight. So you have a significant amount of those 10 million people being female and bringing children with them. So Poland, from what I understood, what we were talking about previously was that you had said they were setting up completely different infrastructure. So there are childcare centers now. There are things in place to assist with training and ensuring those women do get the opportunity to work in the local workforce now in Poland. True, definitely, uh, definitely more than before. Um, I would say maybe not enough, considering the you know the, the volume of the persons that, that came and arrived here. But still, um, I think my country is doing quite well. But what I wanted to say that Poland, similarly to the other Eastern European uh, countries, especially Eastern um, EU countries, it's not very experienced in you know sh shelter. is not very experienced shelter provider. Uh, because we never have like enough facilities to offer help for um, everybody. But in fact, uh, no country would be able to accommodate uh, such numbers. But like, surprisingly, 
uh, back in 80s, this would be a pulse looking for such help in the West. Now, uh, east, eastern part of Europe is looking for help in Poland. So um, this is something like to prove how the history is different now and how the things changed. And uh, well, integration is rather focused on your know, assimilation by um, offering unconditional access to the labor market. Obviously, besides the free medical insurance and the family benefits that my country offered to all people who came seeking for help. Um, in fact, and as you mentioned, not every person was able to start working right away and no, nobody was, uh, many people were not able as majority of persons that came to Poland were simply mother with uh, small kids. So it was, uh, it was just, you know, impossible that they will be easily integrated and just from the day one, they will start working. So what I also see from our clients, there are like lots of great initiatives because um, obviously the state is not able to provide kindergartens for all the kids and for all the parents, you know, seeking for this kind of support. So, for example, a few of our clients decided to open the company's kindergarten and, uh, you know, accept um, mothers who can just leave kids during the day and, you know, work. And this is absolutely, uh, absolutely great uh, approach, how to help how to integrate these people who came, and probably they will stay longer, but also to have great and devoted uh, employees. Besides, many, many families um, responded to the crisis in Poland, just simply offering a uh, place in the houses for people who just you know, need temporary, temporary help and shelter. Yeah, and that's been an extraordinary thing in terms of the humanitarian efforts that Poland has made. I mean, you're just on the stage everywhere. Everyone is aware of how much everyone is doing over there. Just to put things into perspective, the amount of people in, in Poland prior to this happening, what was the population before Ukrainians were, were fleeing into Poland? It was about 38 million. Okay, so 10 million people is just enormous adding to that. I think people have the impression because Poland is large in terms of the mass, it's a large country in terms of that, they think that it's far more built perhaps. And it's not at all as populated as other countries. It really isn't that way. So your country taking in so many people is, is absolutely enormous. True. Well, on, on the other hand, I say like 10 million was in total, but like according to, you know, according to our calculations, more than 4 million entered Poland only. And this number is, this is true, this is still growing. And at least 2 million states. So it's still like, uh, you know, Ukrainians are coming and living and just going further, um, decided to move further to the other, to the other countries in Europe. But still mm -hmm. at least 2 million um, of Ukrainians stayed in Poland. It's fascinating. And do you know how many of those are male and how many are female? Well, very little male, because the male, generally speaking, age between 18 and uh, 60 cannot um, leave Ukraine. This is not about the mm -hmm. entry, it's, just, it's about departing from Ukraine. Uh, yeah. So they should be you know, available for the military service. So all in all, 
according to statistics, there are only five to six percent of male in the group. Wow, goodness me. And that does take us on to something that we have been working on as a team with you over the last few months. This is obviously a significant amount too. So to give some background, we've been working on a group move, a very large group move. To current numbers, I believe we are at 108 people who have submitted applications into Poland and they are Belarusian. There are some Russians moving into there as well. So that's something that we've had to work on. As part of that, you've had to put things in place with the Polish authorities to enable our clients to have a fast track system to get their employees to a place of safety, to ensure their legality. And obviously that includes dependents. So we do have employees with families. We have pregnant employees. We have very concerned clients. How have you managed to do that to ensure that the efficiency we've needed and the compliance we've needed have been able to take place? Well, I think the most important uh, part of this job was this is just a teamwork and so we make sure that we all respond promptly and quickly. Um, and obviously we, you know, we overcome all this, uh, uh, difficulties and uh, the fact that you know this, this case is totally new this is something that we never experienced before uh, we had to adapt quickly and that was like a key uh, factor for the success and um, in terms of um, Ukrainian person it was relatively easy because you know they were offered temporary temporary protection benefiting from all this uh, all these aspects I mentioned before but because of the war in Ukraine, there are also different nations willing to relocate because they were um, unsafe. And the biggest group that relocated, biggest group of non-Ukrainians who relocated to Poland and to other um, Eastern European countries with Belarusians, um, being afraid that the war may also affect their country and also Russians. Well, not you know, not every Russian is involved into the war. Not you know, not every Russian is supporting the conflict. And within the group, um, we were working together. But also similar um, projects I was running uh, for for different clients. There were also a big group of Russians willing to um, willing to relocate. So the key factor here was to uh, make sure that we use. Um, all the tools that we had before to the maximum possible extent uh, and adopt them to the new reality. And so uh, the, the great tool for, um, for uh, offering uh, a solution here was, for example, uh, visas for highly skilled workers like uh, Poland uh, Business Hardware. And so, you know, thanks to this, we could uh, accommodate big numbers, also, uh, also citizens of, of Russia, and uh, um, to help them in uh, relocation. Mm, and I'm seeing adaptability again. I'm hearing that come from you. I think adaptability is a thing that goes all the way through. This is a situation that obviously no one could have forecast. So this coming up and taking place just was an enormous surprise to all of our clients. I think to so many people, this was shocking. And in addition to the immigration requirements that obviously our clients have, there are many with the temporary accommodation, 
they're trying to move goods if applicable they're trying to look at ways to adapt children into that environment too so it hasn't been an easy task what do you think in terms of going forward will be the complexities for belarusians going into poland for russians moving into poland well i think the big challenge for this is uh, just the size of each group and the you know the, the size of the process and the time pressure uh, coming from both the client that is willing to you know to make sure that um, their employees are you know very happy and then can be transferred quickly and uh, easily. Obviously, there are some administrative concerns and all these barriers we're talking about: visa processing, work permit processing. So we have to make sure that we you know we adapt quickly and we just uh, pick up. The right tools to you know to to make the process as smooth as uh, uh, only possible, and uh, you know to uh, navigate through the situation that is. To be honest, it's not it's 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 uh, nobody finds it pleasant. So um, this is the biggest challenge of the of the complexity, and from the perspective of uh, of the client of the company. Um, the situation is also new and uh, it changed quickly. It also uh, brings a change to the um, labor market in all these countries. Because simply, if I will not help my employees to relocate because they feel unsafe or you know, unsecure in the current place, um, it's possible I will lose them uh, because they will uh, find a new company that will be you know, able to support them in uh, relocation. So if I do not support them, if I do not offer them my help as employer, um, I risk that they will find a new company that will be able to help them. And uh, direction and, and the move and, and for the transfer is very obvious. So uh, many Russians and Belarusians they realize that uh, they don't feel safe in the home countries any longer. So, um, so it's obviously want to change. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, in terms of what's been happening so far, obviously to move in our group move that we've been doing with AIRS Immigration, we've had to look at establishing an entity to ensure that that is legally set within Poland. Are you seeing more and more clients coming to you to talk about that as an option to have everything in place so that they are prepared, so that the numbers are there and ready to go? Yeah, so I um, run a few very similar projects um, when, when it comes to relocation. And uh, surprisingly, this is now more about uh, Belarusian Russia uh, because uh, Ukrainians are, you know, enjoying these benefits uh, offered by the EU temporary protection. Uh, so now the biggest challenge is to move quickly Belarusians and to respond quickly to the client's need. But probably the bigger challenge is to uh, move Russians because many countries, many EU countries decided uh, not to issue visas to Russians uh, any longer. So the options are very limited. And um, when it comes to Poland, it's not impossible, but it's very hard to get the visa to Poland for the uh, for the Russian citizens. So 
um, we support our clients in you know finding the way to to make it happen, proving that we are not trying to relocate people, Russians who are supporting the regime or supporting the the war, but you know we are trying to help regular average families who just you know uh, they want to uh, work their own uh, life and you know stay in a safe place and this is something purely understandable yeah absolutely with the with the challenges that we've had obviously we've been moving in belarusians we've been moving ukrainians moving russians you were able to put the fast track into place you're working with the polish authorities were they understanding were the authorities understanding when you approached them and suggested this is what needs to take place this is what we're hoping for how did you approach that and how was it how was it received by the authorities in Poland when you explained the numbers of people coming in and the benefit that it would give to Poland to bring in that amount of of people working in an IT industry well it's it's always a challenge these days because um you know like for for every person uh, the case is a priority so you know it's important to um to be prepared and to be ready to explain like we are talking about the big numbers we are talking about obvious benefits to the economy because obviously all these persons will pay taxes will pay social insurance and uh, this is obvious that like you know every person important will benefit from um from such move so uh, I, you know, understand the the authorities that are sometimes working just, you know, slowly, and not everybody is happy with how fast things uh, go. But on the other hand, we all have to understand that uh, we are talking about the mass relocation and that the numbers we haven't experienced mm-hmm. before, and the, you know, the situation also brings additional um, additional uh, challenges because. Uh, First, IT sector is very important, and Poland now becomes the hub, employment hub for uh, for the sector in uh, Central Eastern Europe, uh, which is great. And on the other hand, uh, because of the war and uh, because of the um, because of the changes, political changes going on here in uh, Eastern Europe, um, we also experience problems in uh, labor force in uh, agriculture. And this is also a very big problem uh, right now. I will never discuss which you know work is more important and who is more important, IT specialist or person working in a farm. Mm-hmm. I think they're equally, are equally um, important. But our role is to you know to make sure that whenever there is an option for the client, whenever there's a fast track possible, you know just do it and uh, also you know help to organize the process in the way it just, you know, it can be moved as fast as possible. Yeah, and that has worked brilliantly for us. We've been so appreciative of everything you've done for AIRS and it has it has worked incredibly well. Going forward, obviously there will still be Belarusians wanting to leave Belarus. There will still be Russians wanting to leave Russia. Their employers are supporting their needs and they are looking at Poland as a destination. Is it becoming more and more difficult and more complex for those nationalities to move into Poland? And do you foresee a time when those applications are halted and ceased and there will be no more success for those nationalities if they do want to move into Poland? Well, I am um, curious what will happen with Russian citizens because I understand that uh, many countries in the EU decided to limit entry options for Russians 
and to understand this is some sort of like soft soft sanctions. Mm. Um, but uh, well, to be honest, uh, my personal opinion is that it's it's far more painful for the country that you take the best employees and uh, you just take the, the big part of the uh, labor market and you bring them to the other country. And this could be potentially the biggest sanction that the country can experience because this is now all about human factor. This is all about smart people, uh, not necessarily about you know territory. And uh, and I understand you know the current situation and the changes on the in, in politics about war on talents also. Uh, so um, it's important to remember that you know. Like winning the war is not necessarily about like the one who takes uh, you know, bigger territories. It's it's more about war on talents. Mm, absolutely. Um, Emikar, obviously we've discussed things from the immigration perspective. You're a primary partner in Poland on that front. I would like to give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit more about Poland, not just from that perspective, but maybe as a destination. So from global mobility terms, it's recognized far more now than it ever was before. Could you give us some background on Poland and why you think it is a great location? Well, first, I think that Poland these days uh, offers really good living conditions and being uh, partially Central European country, partially Eastern European country gives you also a great location with you know, access to the um, EU market and also EU labor market. So um, it's EU, but also gives uh, easy access to the other non-EU uh, non countries. So I think that if only the situation will get better, and I strongly hope it will, at some point, these companies that quickly came to Poland these days may, you know, decide about relocation again and uh, decide about uh, coming back uh to the home countries so um i think if the if the war will end and the situation in ukraine will improve ukraine could be a very interesting country to be to be observed in the upcoming um in the upcoming years but these days i think that poland can you know benefit from this situation in terms of you know having these talents here and uh, I find it very, you know, very interesting uh, for our work to help with such projects and to work um, with you as an entity that is uh, facilitating this and, you know, supporting, uh, greatly supporting your clients uh, in this matter. And so when it comes to Poland, it offers an office stable place for running a business and it offers pleasant living conditions. So um, I think that uh, the you know, development of the country in the upcoming years, uh, especially when it comes to IT industry and IT sector would be significant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mikhail, I know that you mentioned projects there. You, you aren't just working with as immigration, you do a, a significant amount of projects. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about anything you're working on at the moment? Well, um, we run, at the same time, we run a few projects. Uh, one, probably the biggest, or one of the biggest is yours, but a few similar for, uh, for, um, for the companies who 
who are you know directly seeking our assistance or were our clients before but they just realized that you know it's time to move so um they hire us also for this type of uh, this type of work um the challenges that we face are very similar and uh, currently i must say the biggest is how to uh, how to make a move for the uh, for the Russian citizens, um, it's relatively is a bit easier, let's say, to move Russian citizens if the person is not permanently in Russia, but mm -hmm. resides in the other uh, country. But extremely complicated if we would like to move a Russian citizen directly from uh, from Russia. Yeah. I, as I said before, Poland didn't stop issuing visas, but Poland limits visas for the Russian citizens. Um, these are the biggest changes of challenges of these days, I think. And at the moment, the better option appears to be currently the Polish business harbor visa. Would you say for people going into Poland, given that it is typically only the 12 month length and the amount of documentation is perhaps less than you'd need to provide for other forms of um, permit? Correct. So the Polish business harbor visa is a dedicated type of document for highly skilled employees from uh, IT sector. So everybody that is dealing with new tech can get such a visa. And the visa is not only limited to the employee itself, but also uh, can be applied, received by the family's dependents uh, planning to move with the uh, with the applicant. So uh, definitely something um, recommended. Other options still remain possible. So a regular path of applying the work permit and then coming back to the consulate and applying for visa is still possible, but unfortunately it's a bit longer because prior to um, getting a visa, uh, one must received work authorization but this is also possible so uh, let's say like it sector is booming and this is uh, this is let's say usual receiver of our uh, services but also you know other types of employees uh, also happen and uh, we directly support them too well well it's a significant amount of work you've been doing so much for us and we appreciate it so much Mikhail thank you so much for your time today it's been a pleasure speaking to you thank you so much uh, it's I'm, I'm privileged to work with you and uh, to work with such a great company and also uh, thanks for uh, having me here you were a great interviewer and thanks for invitation thank you Mikhail take care thanks bye-bye bye-bye